The Washington Commanders came away with another victory on Sunday in week 11 of the NFL season, defeating the Houston Texans by a score of 23 to 10. How it happened, who made it happen. We give out game balls. Victory Monday here on Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast. It's Victory Monday, live episode of Locked On Commanders podcast, coming to you from NRG Stadium and from the DMV, David Harrison and Chris Russell. Your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app for your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And we thank you, of course, for making us your first listen or view of the day. Again, I'm David Harrison. My partner's Chris the Rooster Russell. You can find him on the Team 980 Monday through Friday with Pete Medhurst live from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. You can find me covering your commanders and writing for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, a commander country, both of us credential members of the media, even though, Chris, look, Team 980 just has to have you there Monday morning. So, unfortunately, you couldn't be in H-Town with me, but it was a party nonetheless as the Washington Commanders come away with their sixth win of the season. Absolutely. And before we get to a, a, a volley back on that, today's episode of Locked On Commanders is presented by Prize Picks. Daily Fantasy made easy pick between two and five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win 10 up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Before we get to our big takeaway and story, David, just a quick note. The last time the commanders were in Houston, well, they weren't obviously the commanders. It was game one, week one of the Jay Gruden era, uh, and they lost. And it wasn't particularly pretty. And Robert Griffin III struggled, as he almost always uh, did. And this just in, it was like 98 degrees at 7 o'clock in the morning, and the bugs and the gnats were swarming around between the Astrodome, which is next door to you, and NRG Stadium, which is where you are right here and right now. And not to mention the last time these two teams played, that was the Alex Smith game that changed everything for him in his life and his career Mm -hmm. in November of 2000. Uh, 18. But we start with our big takeaway and our big story, and that is in a win like this, sure, the Washington Commanders gave up a big touchdown late, I guess. But the defense dominant again, only allowing that one touchdown with three minutes and change left to go. And they also scored a touchdown. Kendall Fuller on a pick six to get the scoring going, also racked up five sacks, Two total takeaways, including a DeForest, uh, a DeForest, a Derek Forrest, uh, Derek Forrest, I want to say his name right, interception off of a great play and 148 net yards of offense. How do you like them apples there, Mr. Harrison? Uh, you love those apples, especially because it leads to uh, a commander's win. Not look, not the most exciting victory. Right of of the season, not in the most exciting game and thrilling game to watch, you know, as a fan. But I think as a Commanders fan, everybody out there, uh, I think you're happy with just coming away with the win. And, and like we said, six and five now um, on the season. And look, Chris, I think at the end of the day, we've we've kind of known about this team, uh, and what we've kind of known is that is that they're a very resilient squad. Right? It doesn't mean resiliency doesn't mean you're always going to get it right. It just means that even even when you get it wrong, or every time you get it wrong, uh, hopefully you still come away successful. But you're going to learn from your mistakes. 
and you're going to continue to plug ahead. And, and to a man, Ron Rivera, uh, Taylor Heineke, Jonathan Allen, Kendall Fuller, all kind of talked about uh, you know at the podiums after the game about they're happy to have the win, but you definitely want to uh, continue to work towards cleaning up some of the things uh, that they need to clean up much worse on third downs offensively uh, this week than they were last week. And, you know, if you go back to last week when Ron Rivera was asked about why they were able to be so successful on third downs as an offense, he mentioned that a lot of those third downs were five yards or shorter. I went back and counted 13 or no, 14 rather of the third downs they had against Philadelphia Eagles were five yards or shorter. They had 13 total third downs against the Houston Texans. Only three of them were five yards or shorter. So if you want to know the big difference in third down offense, that has a lot to do with it. But again, you still come away with the win, so ultimately you're still happy that you have the chance to fix, try to fix those things while enjoying Victory Monday. Absolutely, and it'll be a weird week uh, because of yeah. Thanksgiving. Um, we're not even quite sure whether the team is going to practice on Thursday itself because they're going to actually have a walkthrough on Tuesday. That generally indicates that they're going to have Thursday off, uh, and um, and which, which they should, well-earned and, you know, obviously with the holiday and all that. So it's a little bit of a different week, even though it's a normal week in terms of days in between games. And this is a yeah. game they could have taken lightly. They did not. Uh, they talked about it all week, and then they executed as such, and then obviously got off to a good start. And that leads us into our plays of the day. Um, you know, listen, the first score, the Kendall Fuller interception in zone against Brandon Cooks, uh, what was was awesome. Uh, very, 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 very important. Kendall Fuller is a different person uh, the last three weeks than he was, quite honestly, all year. Maybe it's just getting rid of the, the pressure of William Jackson III. I don't know what it is. He, he generally tends to be a streaky player, but that was huge. But David, for me, on this inconsistent offense, the play of the day, I'm going to go with Curtis Samuel in the 10-yard touchdown run uh, in that first half on a jet motion give. And the reason why I'm going with that is because they were able to mix the run and pass pretty well in that series. If I remember correctly, Antonio yeah. Gibson had a nine yard run. I think Brian Robinson had an eight yard run or somewhere close to that uh, jet earlier in the drive. Curtis Samuel had another jet give uh, on a very, very similar looking design setup only from the opposite side, meaning from the left side of the offense running along the line of scrimmage to the right, whereas the touchdown came from a line to the right side and then coming down the line of scrimmage from right to left. So it was basically a very similar look, if not exactly similar, and yet it started from a different launch point, which causes maybe a little bit of confusion. So I thought it was a well, well, well-designed series uh, and obviously execution on the final punch, if you will, to the Texans to get the commander's only offensive touchdown of the game. Yeah, absolutely. No, definitely a critical play. I mean, you know, that put them up 14 nothing after uh, the extra point and all that stuff. So definitely a great momentum seizing moment uh, as well. And, and talk about repeating some plays. Remember that slant combo kind of pick play deal that we saw against Tennessee Titans that ended up in interception and a loss for the commanders? Mm -hmm. Saw that play again today. And uh, this time the, the right decision was made. It was not a touchdown. It was not a even it honestly it wasn't even complete pass, but the decision made was the correct one. So that's always great. But my play of the game is going to be Derek Forrest's interception towards the end of the game. Uh, look, it's 23 to 3 to uh, in favor of Washington. Everybody in the press box, everybody in the stadium, probably everybody at home is pretty much saying this game is over. And from a most often case scenario uh, situation, it is over. But 
this is the National Football League, and we've seen miracle comebacks before. Uh, so defenses want to definitely close the door. And, you know, look, they came away needing to work on some things from the second half. But in this moment, anyway, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, Texans were already in commander's uh, territory, I think 48-yard line. Uh, they decided to take a shot. Davis Mills targeted Brandon Cooks. Benjamin St. Juiced uh, made a play, closed on the ball, closed on the receiver, tipped it into the air, and Derek Forrest was able to come in and take away uh, the pass, getting the interception. A little bit of conversation. One guy, you know, one official first had interception, then it was overturned, and then they had a discussion is the way they said it. Not a review, had a discussion, ruled it an interception, which is what stood up. And, and really, Chris, what stood out on that play to me was the intelligence by the defenders, both Benjamin St. Juice, Derek Forrest, second-year players in this defense. After the game in the locker room, Benjamin St. Juice said he basically just wanted to get his body in position, knew that he had some size and some length uh, against Brandon Cooks, but also wanted to make sure that he wasn't overly physical to draw a flag and that he was able to make the play, um, made the play, got the got the deflection, and then Derek Forrest, you go to that end of it, said that that's what they coach. They say, look, when there's, when there's a play happening like that, you see your guy, he's in position, you don't need to get in there and get involved in that part of it. Be ready for the deflection. Pursue the ball. That's exactly what Derek was doing. So everything you saw there didn't just happen. Uh, luckily or fortunately, that was all by design. That's what's going through those players' heads as they're making that kind of a catch. And those two second-year players, again, game was most likely out of hand right already. But if it wasn't, they slammed the door, door shut with that interception. Yeah, uh, just one quick note on that. I think the difference for St. Juice this week is there was plenty of hand fighting, and he was pretty handsy and grabby. Uh, with Cooks down the field, could have gotten maybe called for a DPI. The reason why he didn't this week and he did last week in Philadelphia or last Monday night in Philadelphia is because, David, he had his head turned. He was looking mm -hmm. for the football where he did not last Monday night. And they're going to give you yeah. the opportunity to fight for the ball and to have that ball. It's as much the defensive back yeah. as it is the wide receiver if your head is turned Absolutely. around. And if you're looking for the football, so a heads up, yep. like a, maybe a subtle little change, but a difference yep. between last Monday night's DPI down yep. the sideline and this play. No, a huge, a huge example of the increased IQ of Benjamin St. Juice in his second year. So looking for the ball. Look, holiday season's coming up, so we're all looking to get great gifts for our friends, our families, our loved ones. This episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast brought to you by Total Wine and More. The holiday season, you can find what you love at Total Wine and More. So many great bottles to choose from. It's easy to find a new favorite Cabernet or Chardonnay if you're into that kind of thing. Single barrel whiskey is my kind of thing. You can get the perfect gift for everyone on your list with some help from friendly guides over at Total Wine and more, and all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find. Find what you love only at Total Wine and more. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Chris, I know for a fact in Houston, they're on DoorDash, so you can get whatever you need any way you need to Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Drink responsibly. Must be 21. This episode is also brought to you by Turo, the largest car-sharing marketplace with Turo. You can book any car you want wherever you want it from a local community of Host browse a huge selection of vehicles for anywhere, any budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and they're coming soon to Australia. You can book a spacious SUV or minivan for that road trip or get a classic luxury car for date night. Whatever you want, whatever you need, these Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. I've used it. They delivered the car to me in Indianapolis. It was amazing. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com.
All right, we welcome you back to the Locked On Commanders podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen and your first view of the day. Also, be able to uh, make sure you check out Locked On Sports today with Peter Bukowski and friends from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I just want to apologize. I made David Harrison work a little overtime. A poor guy has... <laughs> had to pick up my slack and and I, I feel bad. I'm sorry. I was all just, good. All good. I was just I, I was, you know what I was doing. I was locked in on 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 the the, the magic of your your live read uh there uh that you were doing that I forgot that I was supposed to do one myself. Uh shout out to Patrick West uh who's listening and watching and also uh one of my guys, Chris Coxon, uh who uh who who wisely notes that ground sausage is better than ground beef. Also wants to know why Antonio Gibson uh, stopped short of the goal line and didn't score. Cost him. Because he's smart. Others. That's why. It, yeah. Fantasy owners don't yeah. like it, but the team. Exactly. Like, hey, Chris, real quick, while we're giving shout outs, I actually want to give a shout out. So everybody knows the Salute Service Month, right, for the NFL. They're doing Salute to Service games. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Minnesota Vikings. Uh, visiting FedEx was Washington salute to service game. And then we we got to go to Philly. Uh, that was their salute to service game. And then actually this week was Houston's salute to service game. So a lot of a, a lot of great things going on out there. Um, but look, new era caps. Uh, you guys might have seen some some hats in the backdrop of my set back home. Um, they they send me hats every once in a while. They just like me to put them in my backdrop when I can. And you know what? New Era is legitimately my favorite hat company, so I'm more than happy to do it. Don't get paid to do it, uh, and other than maybe free hats, which I'm all not allowed to wear because unbiased media, right? But they sent me that one to salute, salute the service one's kind of special because uh, they know that I'm a veteran, and they also sent me a really cool handwritten note uh, as well. I think that was a very nice touch. It's one thing to send merch, you know, when you're, when you're trying to get somebody to put it in their backdrop uh, so that all the fans get to see it, but it's another to take time to actually write with your own hand. I mean, that's a, that's a lost art these days, so... A uh, huge shout out to New Era and, of course, the salute service stuff. I know a lot of veterans in, in my walk of life, and, and everybody always appreciates being appreciated. So Absolutely. shout out to them as well. No doubt about it. All right, let's start with our stock up, stock down. After a second consecutive win, second win in five and a half days, the Commanders are now six and five, and they are over 500 for the first time since the end of week number one. For me, stock up. Uh, the numbers are not going to match the eye test here, David. I'm just going to tell the number nerds can go kick all the rocks. I don't care about you because I know football and I know what I'm looking at. And for the second yeah. week in a row, I thought Brian Robinson Jr. ran super hard. He may not been he may not have been the most effective. Again, I don't care about your fantasy teams. I don't care about your your props and all that stuff. Uh, I do care about your prize picks projection. So I'm sorry there. Uh, uh, that's just because they're a proud supporter of, of the Lockdown Commanders podcast. But anyway, I, I don't care about any of that stuff. I care about how hard he ran and some of the runs that I saw. And I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, I think the score was 20-3 to three at the time. May have been 23-3. I can't remember. I think it was 20-3. to three. They started mm -hmm. a drive at the three-yard line, and he ran one for 11 yards. He took a little, not a jump cut, but a cut into the right guard, right you know, center hole, lowered his shoulder, kept driving, forward lean, body down, kept driving with authority. That was just one run, but it got the commanders 
deep out of their own territory, like inside mm -hmm. their own five at the three, which could have been disaster. You never know what's going to happen in that spot. Gave them more than enough wiggle room to at least operate. Had a late run for six yards, again, shouldered down, uh, just, just accelerating into the hole. Again, it was only six yards. I don't need Brian Robinson to rip off 40 yards of carry. I need him to give me four plus, four and a half, five, whatever it is, six yards, good enough for me. Plus had a fourth down conversion in which he bounced to the outside after it was initially bottled up on basically a zone left run. So those three yep. runs specifically, but there were more that jumped out to me. Again, don't care what his final statistics were. I know they weren't overly impressive, but to me, stock up for a second week in a row, Brian Robinson Jr. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, there's there's a there's a there's a method to the madness, and Brian Robinson is serving uh, his role very very well. My stock up is actually going to go to the entire uh, secondary. So I have a question for all the fantasy people out there: Did you start the Washington Commanders fantasy defense in your fantasy league? Because if you didn't, you missed out on 34 points. At least the way that my league uh, does the scoring. I know every league is a little bit different, but bottom line is you miss out on a lot of points uh, in this game. Five yards total offense in the first half. And it's it's interesting because the top two leading tacklers on this team, Chris, DBs. Typically, that's not a good thing. Typically, that means that you probably gave up about 150 rushing yards, which mm -hmm. is what the Houston Texans did, not the Washington Commanders. But what it means is that your front seven is getting early penetration and your DBs are rallying to the ball. So great play uh, from there. Then again, I started Derek Forrest in my fantasy league as an individual defensive player, so I'm really happy that he got that interception after discussion on the field but yeah stock up to the entire secondary especially without cole holcomb uh you've mentioned this before too and i know a lot of people talked about it. they're not really playing more linebackers mm -hmm. as much as they're playing more dbs so the secondary stepping up even with team captain uh cole holcomb off the field yeah speaking of cole holcomb the guy that's mostly replacing because david mayo's also been banged up is john bostic i was thinking yeah. about going with john bostic for my stock down he's done very well as well Oh, dog stock down. No, no, okay. I was thinking about it because he got burned on the crossing route by Brandon yeah. Cook for like 30 yards or whatever it was. But I thought, nah, you know what? I mean, listen, that's unfair, right? He's a third string linebacker. Exactly. Um, so I'm probably going to frustrate the rest of the commander's fan base um, or at least the Heineke hive. And for my stock down, David, I, hmm. you know, I, I feel bad for saying this, not trying to be a jerk, uh, which is one of my catchphrases. Uh, I know this won't be popular, but the commanders just simply need more out of Taylor Heineke. Uh, this is the second straight game, uh, granted, second straight win on the road that he did not throw for a touchdown pass. His last touchdown pass came with more than 14 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter against the Minnesota Vikings two weeks ago today or Sunday, depending on when you're watching this. Uh, that, again, look, touchdown passes are not everything by any means. I, I understand they won, and a win is a win. It's a win is a win. You got to give me more. I, you're just not going to be able to keep this up. It's not yeah. sustainable. So, again, uh, stock down the new starter <clears throat> for the Washington Commanders. And we're going to have a full discussion hey. about this on the next episode. Uh, they all the reporters were running around, uh, you know, that that uh, have access. You know, Ian Rappaport started it, and Fox was just they they could not contain themselves on the TV. But oh, the new yeah. starter, the long term starter, the permanent starter. Listen, guys, he's the starter until they lose, and then it's a decision. It was never a decision. But if he continues to play as up and down as inconsistently as yeah. today, they're going to lose sooner than later. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
and they need to be better. He missed some big yeah. throws, one in the end zone to Logan Thomas. That would have been a touchdown on a third down. He missed John Bates on a third down. You mentioned those third down situations. You're mm -hmm. absolutely right, but he missed some throws that would have extended drives and given them first down. Uh, he yeah. took a quarterback keeper and rolled to the right in the inside the 10-yard line and got blown up for a two-yard loss. He, uh, yeah. he then rolled to the right because he was scrambled under pressure and got absolutely popped. And yes, it was incomplete. And, and no, mm -hmm. there was nothing there. And that's fine. But you got to protect yourself if you're Taylor Haneke. You yeah. can't get popped. So not to mention there was the interception on the first series of the game that Jalen Petrie dropped. I mean, that should have been an easy interception. And maybe one more, David. I hate to be mm -hmm. a part of Hooper, but they need more out of Taylor Haneke. Stock down, starting quarterback, number one. Yep. And, you know, look, Taylor acknowledged some flaws on his own as well. So he knows that he's got some stuff to work on. Uh, final stock down for today's episode and really not anything that Jahan is doing, but it is Jahan Dotson. Look, two games with Taylor Heineke since he's been back. Three targets, two catches, 27 yards, no touchdowns. First two games uh, with Carson Wentz, 10 targets, seven catches, 99 yards, three touchdowns. There's a very stark difference. Um, it's, just, it's chemistry. It's going to take a little bit of time, but obviously from a fantasy perspective, obviously that stock is down. But you know what, Chris? If you're playing prediction strike, you might want to go ahead and pick him up low because that stock is eventually going to start rising again. Absolutely. And if you're picking prize picks, you might have to wait until next Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, but you can get your bet in early on that, uh, or your pick, I should say, your pick uh, early on Taylor Heineke and anything Washington Commanders. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to play prize picks and prizepicks.com for the Monday night game, right? San Francisco and Arizona. Here's what you, what I would suggest. Take Jimmy G, so handsome, right? Uh, for San Francisco, Monday night against Arizona for more than one and a half touchdown passes, which is his prize picks projection. Take that and say, combine it with Christian McCaffrey at more than 35 and a half receiving yards, and boom, you're in like Flynn. Here's what you got to do. You pick between two and five players. That's it. Pick between two and five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you're going to win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's you versus the projections available. Prize picks has you covered for all the NFL action, NBA, NHL, college football, whatever you want. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you you deposit 100 they'll give you 100 if you deposit 50 prize picks will give you 50 don't forget to use the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 all right guys wrapping up this victory monday episode of the locked on commanders podcast and we're going to do it by handing out some game balls and, and this one uh a little bit i don't want to say difficult but we got a little creative with it chris so uh, again for those of you unfamiliar three game balls going out we're kind of doing a hockey style so if you're a caps fan you'll be familiar uh third game ball second game ball first game ball so three two one uh, is the way that nhl does their stars number one is the number one but we're going to start with number three chris who is getting our third game ball of the night absolutely as a tag team uh we decided to go with antonio gibson 18 carries 72 yards three catches three targets 31 yards uh, a smart play despite what some are saying uh, that it caught their fantasy league. Listen, 
a smart play by sliding down and score instead of scoring. Sure. What would have hurt score that you want to kill clock. You want to get this game over with. You don't want to extend it for potential injuries. Never mind the win or loss, David, you do not want to run any more plays just to avoid potential injury because you never know what can happen. Antonio Gibson uh, was really good. I kind of knew we were going to go there. So that's why I kind of went with, Brian Robinson on my stock report up earlier in the show. Yeah, the running backs definitely holding their own. And and then, yeah, so we decided game ball number two. This is where we're going to get a little bit creative on it. Uh, Two guys are going to split it. And you know what? I think they're going to be okay with that because they share sacks from time to time so they can share this game ball. John Allen and Montez Sweat. Uh, Allen had two sacks or two holding penalties against Kenyon Green, which I do believe the rooster, that was your bold prediction uh, to end the week was that Kenyon Green was going to get victimized by this defensive line and victimized he did. Um, my bold prediction did not come true. Antonio Gibson got me 100 scrimmage yards from offense. Brian Robinson did not, I was uh, which I'm that, sure. You know, but you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to let you take the blame for that. You were pretty damn close <laughs> on that one. That was good, and I was a little worried the first couple of series on offense, but they yeah. just eventually wore them down. Uh, and you know, I mean. Listen, bold predictions, right? They're not supposed to be easy to obtain. Exactly. Yeah, they're supposed to be bold for a reason, so they don't always come true. In fact, most of the time they don't come true. It's like going. It's like if every third down was third and ten, you're not going to be uh, as successful. But when you do, you nail them and you hit them out of the park, just like you did with your Kenyon Green. I'm sure he appreciates you nailing your bold <laughs> prediction. Montez Sweat also had two sacks. And uh, look, we talked about the teamwork on the turnover from the young guys, right? But John Allen talked at the podium uh, after the game about how. Montez, like his his first sack specifically, John made a move, got early penetration. They collapsed in on John to keep him from getting in. Montez took advantage of that opportunity and got the sack. He plays off of Duran. Duran plays off of them. That's how they do these things. And, and I, I've already seen some people on Twitter saying, imagine what this defensive line can do when Chase Young gets back on the field. Hopefully we see that sooner rather than later. But for now, Chris, I mean, these guys are humming. And so uh, Duran deserves enough credit as well. Uh, but I think especially for the game ball, Montez, John Allen, two sacks apiece, plus a whole lot of other havoc wreaked on the Texans' offensive line. They get the game ball number two. Absolutely. And Montez, both of his sacks were like kind of tackle and stunts and loops. And he had to take a, let's just call it a circuitous path to the quarterback and got home every time. Uh, So good to see there. And you mentioned Deron Payne, a pass knockdown uh, and a sack as well. And F.A. Obata also deserves a little something, something uh, as well. Casey Tuhill with a big run blow up earlier. So really these guys all are contributing. And again, Chase Young may, maybe, right? You know what? Just carve that game ball up like a Thanksgiving turkey and give everybody a little bit of it. A little turducken, maybe. Uh, By the way, the the tight ends are getting getting Jays from Taylor Heineke this week. So the offensive line got Jays last week. Tight ends are getting them this week. I mean, running backs and wide receivers, I don't know. We'll see when they get theirs. But some some Jays going around from old uh, Taylor, the starting quarterback. I thought the whole deal was that he was going to get the sneakers in the color of the opponent that he beat. When did – I missed this. He is. He so he's, he still gets the Jays in the color of the team that he beat. But last week he also gifted the uh-huh. O line each a pair of Jays in the color of the team that they beat. And this week uh-huh. he's going to do the same thing. But this week he's giving them to the tight ends. Now look, there's only two or three tight ends, five offensive linemen. 
and I don't know if you're counting rotate. So I don't know. Maybe Taylor's just trying to save some money, but he he, <laughs> he says it's because he appreciates what the tight ends did, especially in the running game. Hey, again, not to bury Horowitz myself, but I will. Again, Logan Thomas was my player to watch. And while he didn't do anything super, super special, again, Heineke could have had that touchdown pass to him in the corner of the end zone. And he had a nice day for himself. And John Bates yeah. just absolutely mauled a dude about 10 yards back on one block that I saw, and obviously some physical blocking out there as well. All right, let's wrap it up with the final star, the first star, and the game ball number one, numero uno, and that is Kendall Fuller. And listen, David, I mean, it is very clear that Kendall Fuller struggled much of the year, and I would say the Minnesota game was kind of the tipping point, the turning point. Um, I think that was right after the trade deadline. Maybe it was a week after the trade deadline. I can't remember, but I, yeah. I'm sorry. It's hard to kind of ignore that as soon as William Jackson III and that whole black cloud went away, Kendall Fuller woke up and started to yeah. play ball. And he was really good last week against Philadelphia, uh, pretty good against Minnesota, but really good against Philadelphia. And then the pick six today. Yep. Uh, week eight trade deadline. Week nine was was Minnesota. Week ten Philly, and now we're here. Week eleven, Houston. The Washington Commanders six and five. I almost said ten and six for some reason, but six and five. Um, JP and NBC Sports Washington is packed up and left the building. So I think it is time for us to wrap up this live episode. Victory Monday episode. Locked on Commanders. Uh, you deserve a good dinner. Go have yourself a big old Houston sized steak. Just don't bill it to me, pal. Uh, safe flight back from Houston. Great job, as always, by my guy, David Harrison, flying all over the country to cover your Washington Commanders. We'll tell you where in just a sec. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch of the day, guys. Be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast again from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, including Odyssey. Yes. Um, coming up, and this will serve as our Monday, our Victory Monday edition as well. So we'll have a new episode for you dropping Monday night into Tuesday. Make sure you check out that. Much more debate on quarterback number one for the Washington Commanders. If you want to hop in, now's a good time to do so and beat your chest a little bit, guys. 301-615-3577. 301-615-3577 on the voicemail line. Or David Harrison, who, again, is in Houston writing and covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com, Stan Nation, and Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show. You can listen to me and Pete Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time or anytime live on, on demand on the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, be kind to one another. Thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast.